Yes, Lord. Father, I just thank you for what you were going to say today. I thank you for what you've already said. Thank you for what you're already doing. And Lord, I just pray that you would open the heavens over us this morning and speak to us. Touch our hearts. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you're here. We acknowledge you're with us. And we focus on you. And we ask you to breathe, Lord God. We ask you to come and fill our hearts, Lord, with a a fresh revelation for our lives, a fresh understanding of your glory, your presence, and your love. Lord God, would you come? Come and bless this church, we pray. In Jesus' name. Just as we begin to share the word of God, I want to... there was a story that just came to mind as I was preparing this. And uh, when I was younger, like kind of high school, um, really before I was getting into church, but I, I really loved to play video games. And uh, I'd waste a lot of time playing video games. And, um, and I didn't actually own like a PlayStation or anything. And there was this period of time where I borrowed one off a friend. And it didn't, it didn't have a, a memory card, you call it, to save the game. And so if I wanted to play a long game, I had to just play it nonstop. And so I'd get a weekend or, or a holiday during uni, and I'd just do an all-nighter. Like, literally, I'd just play a game and try and finish it. Yeah, Chris, you, you understand. Uh, I would just play the game and try and finish it in one night. Okay, so I remember on this one occasion, I was playing this game, and, um, and don't think any less of me. It was a little bit of a scary game. Um, and so I, I was just playing, kept the lights off because, you know, immersive experience here and and so I was playing got to about one or two in the morning and I remember the scene like I I remember it It, there's nothing scarier in like a scary movie or a scary game you know how they use music to set the scene there's nothing scarier than that music than when there's no music when there's no music you're like I know something's about to happen so I remember the scene there was no music my character was in this room there was fog covering all the ground floor. You could only hear, like, scratching around of stuff in the dark and in the fog. And so I was like, okay, this is a little bit intimidating. And so I would walk through this room, and suddenly something grabbed my character's legs. And then, like, this big sound effect, and the music kicked in, and I thought, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm turning this off. I'm putting the lights on. I'm going to bed. I, was, I remember watching Jaws when I was a little kid. And... um. And I went back to my bedroom after, I was staying at my nana's place, went back to the bedroom, and she had this big rug in the middle of the bedroom. And I remember, like, thinking, all I could see was jaws poking up out of this rug. And I thought, I walked around the rug, I think. I was only a little kid. But, man, you know, the, the dark and the scary, you know, like, you just don't, it's the unknown. It's the unknown of the darkness. And, um, and there's something about the dark that brings with it fear and confusion and despair. And, uh, you know, you think, oh, I, I just can't see. I can't see what might be out there. And because you can't see clearly, you can't see properly, um, you know, there's gaps, I guess, in your vision. And uh, talking to Jan a few weeks ago, you know, we kind of come to this conclusion. How do you get rid of the darkness? Well, you turn on the light. You turn on the light. And light helps you to see clearly. Light helps you, it removes the shadows, it removes those unknown areas of your life where maybe you couldn't see that far before and you didn't know what was there and it was confusing and it was despairing and intimidating, but you turn the lights on and you can see clearly. And life can be full of darkness at times, you know, seasons of confusion, seasons of worry and fear. And we can face situations where we can't really see 
or make sense of what's going on. You know, there's gaps in our vision. And even genuine darkness, you know, evil, bad stuff happens. You know, we're in a, a broken, fallen world, and bad stuff happens. And bad stuff happens to good people. And, um, you know, we're living in that world of darkness and need of light to see how to navigate this world. Um, so the title, Manu, check up the title of this message. The title of this message is Light to See. And I believe that we need to be able to see with the lights on in our life, you know, and we need that spiritual vision to be able to make sense of all the circumstances um, and things that, that are taking place in our life. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to turn the lights on in our lives to help us see clearly, see with the, the right vision so we don't need to live in that state of uncertainty or fear or worry. And I want to look at a couple of instances from the life of Jesus this morning that show that we can find light in the darkness. And they even show that Jesus is the light in the darkness. You see, it's not just about finding hope or finding an answer. In the end, it's actually about finding more of God, more of Him, and coming into deeper relationship with Him. And in that, in, in that light, we have a greater peace and a greater confidence with what's going on in our life. So why don't you just turn to John chapter 9, and we're going to walk through quickly. Um, it's a story of a miracle of Jesus uh, healing a blind man, John chapter 9. Uh, but before we start that, really the whole foundation of this is that God is good. You know, we sung it earlier, God is good, and uh, He is always good. If you don't have that foundation, if you don't have that reconciled in your heart that God is always good. Your life is not always good. Stuff happens, but God is always good, and He's always working for good. And the, really the heart, the core that I get for this message is this word leverage. And I believe that God, you know, He doesn't send bad. We simply live in this broken world. But God redeems every situation for good. God leverages it. And he can bring good. He can bring honey from the lion, you know. And uh, Dan, you, you shared earlier Romans 8.28. I had it written down. Manu put it on the slide to prove it. Come on. If God is not speaking, I don't know. Romans 8, chapter 8, 28. Romans 8.28. And we know God causes everything, everything, everything. He takes everything and he leverages it and he will bring good. He works it together for the good of those who love him and a called according to his purpose. So our challenge is to see the good, is to look for the good. You take your bad situation, you take what's going on in your life, and you look at it and you look with, turn the lights on, and you say, God, where is the good in this? What are you doing? How are you going to bring this for good? And, and that's our challenge. So uh, John chapter 9, uh, start at verse 1. Jesus was walking along. He saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or the sins of his parents? Why? The disciples asked why. And isn't that just such a normal response? You know, something happens in our life and we ask the question, why? That's just what everyone's first reaction is. What caused this? Why me? What's going on? And, and you know, God, Why? Um, and the disciples' assumption here, it was a very natural, they were thinking very naturally, because uh, there's actually in, in Exodus 20, 20 verse 5 in the Ten Commandments, it talks about um, the effect of our sin on future generations, and, uh, and how if, 
if one generation rejects God as their God, that can pass through onto other generations. And so what the disciples are thinking, they're thinking about the law. They're thinking about their training, their upbringing. They're thinking about the Ten Commandments. And they're asking Jesus, is this because of sins of the Father? You know, they wanted an explanation. Um, but they were thinking literally. They were thinking naturally. They weren't thinking spiritually. And they were blind to the truth of what was really going on here. Uh, and if we're honest, they were probably just as blind as the blind man himself. And Jesus teaches them to ask a different question. So Jesus explains, no, don't look for a natural explanation here. See with different eyes. Turn the lights on. And uh, he says in verse 3, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. In other words, there's not a natural explanation here. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. In other words, there's something that God is up to in the situation. Don't look at the natural cause and effect. Look at what God is doing in the situation. And uh, look for the God purpose, I guess you'd say the kingdom purpose in the situation. And he explained, Jesus explains in verse 4, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. So we must carry out the tasks assigned us. Jesus didn't see a problem. He saw an opportunity. He didn't see the darkness. He saw the light. He saw the good that was going to be made from the situation. And he saw God at work. He saw a task assigned to him. He saw a moment to be able to reveal more of the glory of God and, and the light and the truth that he is. And so Jesus, he then goes on, he heals the blind man, and the blind man begins to get interrogated by all the Jewish leaders. Uh, verse 10, they ask, yeah, who healed you? What happened? And some of the Pharisees are trying to understand, you know, this man, Jesus, um, he can't be from God because he's breaking the Sabbath and he's healing, you know, but but they couldn't reconcile it because he was doing miracles. And they're like, what's going on? So again, more confusion, more darkness, more people trying to see and work it out from a natural point of view. And they were really trying to understand it. But even these Pharisees, they weren't seeing properly. They were seeing, trying to figure things out from what they could see. They were trying to interpret things in the natural. Um, and the miracle, obviously, it didn't align with their natural thinking. So you see, the, the miracle... I believe, was never even really about just healing one man. This miracle, I mean, if you think about it, Jesus did thousands of miracles, thousands of healings that, that aren't recorded in Scripture, um, and yet this one is. This one's devoted, this one's got a whole chapter devoted to it. And, uh, but I feel like healing this blind man, it was symbolic for Jesus opening the eyes of those who walk in darkness Symbolic for light coming to help us to see clearly in our situations and in our trouble. Um, and, and also symbolic for light coming to those who are in sin and who are lost and who don't know uh, the Savior as well. Uh, because you see at the end of the chapter, uh, verse 35, Jesus, he found this blind man who was blind and now healed. And, uh, and he found the man and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You've seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then this one here, Jesus told him, I entered the world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. 
So see, Jesus didn't just heal a blind man so he could have a better life and he could see. I mean, that was a great act of compassion in itself. But it's recorded in eternal scripture showing us that Jesus is the one who brings light into our darkness. He's the one who opens our eyes to see what God is doing in our lives and what the purpose of our lives is for. He's the one who removes the confusion from our situations. He's the one who gives us clarity and understanding. What is God doing with my life and where is my life to go? So we don't have to live in darkness and fear and worry and confusion, but we can live in the light that Jesus brings us and he opens our eyes to see so that we can live in that light. And you know, times there are times that we are just surrounded by that darkness, that we need his revelation. We need his insight and light to show us the way. Um, Because in our life, you know, there will always be a deeper purpose to what is going on in our circumstances. Uh, Manu, check up the next uh, slide, three things. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles, don't look at the dark, Don't look at the natural. Don't look at those things that you can see that are intimidating, worrying, fearful. We don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, fix our eyes on things that can't be seen. Fix your eyes on the purpose behind it. Fix your eyes on what God might be doing. Fix your eyes on the good, the honey that can come from the situation. Look at those things. That's what we fix our eyes on. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So don't look at the immediately obvious. Look deeper. Look at what you can't see. Turn the lights on. Look at the glory that is being produced that vastly outweighs your current trouble and situation. Uh, True sight, I believe, comes when we live our lives with eyes open, looking for where God is at work and working And looking at those situations and asking the right question, which is, what is God doing here? And how can I align myself with what God is doing here? Um, And so that's, I guess, what we call being led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Uh, Matthew, uh, sorry, James 4.13. Manu, can you throw that one up? Uh, Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town. We'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. And so we need to let our lives be committed to following God's purpose. So we have a choice. We can choose to just fight those natural battles, live things on the natural level, and um, and that's fine, you know, that's kind of the attitude of saying, you know, we're going to go here and there and do business, make our plans, and we're just going to live that natural life. Or we have the choice of not necessarily living for what we can see in the natural, but choosing to align ourselves with what God is doing, choosing to align ourselves with that spiritual purpose for our lives. And, and that's that surrender saying, Lord, what you want me to do, where you want me to live, we're going to do that. Um, so instead of trying to figure it all out, let your life be led by that spiritual purpose. Scratch under the surface a little bit and uh, from what you can see naturally and align yourself with what God might really be doing. Uh, in our lives, you know, there are things that happen 
don't take it at face value. Don't take it at face value. Just like this healing wasn't just face value about a healing. This healing was about showing the world that Jesus is the light and the darkness. And it's the same for our lives. Um, been, I've just read a little bit of, um, I guess, the history of, of Rotorua and how Christianity first came to the city. And Don Stafford's account of Christianity arriving here is a great illustration of, of this principle. So in uh, 1823, the Napui tribe, under the leadership of Hongihika, attacked the Arawa people of Rotorua. Napui returned north. And he took with them many Arawa prisoners. And these prisoners, they came into contact with European missionaries in the far north while they were in captivity. And uh, these missionaries, they were able to effect the release of some of these prisoners, um, uh, some of the Arawa prisoners back to Rotorua. And as a result of them coming back here, a messenger, because they brought with them this knowledge of the gospel, they brought with them knowledge of Christianity, and as a result, a messenger was sent from, from Rotorua back to the Bay of Islands, requesting that Christian missionaries would come and visit, visit them here. And, of course, the missionaries, they obliged, and they were able to preach the gospel at the first Christian service ever to be held at Ohenimutu Village, and eventually the St. Faith's Church would be planted there. And uh, so you see this, this principle of what the enemy means for evil, God leverages it and turns it for good. Uh, it's in the very fabric of the history of our city. And what's a, a disaster of war and of, of captivity and of slavery, yet God redeems and causes his kingdom to extend into the city. And we are blessed still now here because of that. Uh, here's another example, I believe, for uh, the music here. Uh, in our church, you know, I, I believe God hasn't provided for us a, a worship leader. We're blessed to have Dan come. We're blessed to have other people come from uh, from West Auckland. But I believe that God has given me this promise, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 31, 32. David assigned the following men to lead the music at the house of the Lord after the ark was placed there. So in other words, David appointed music leaders after the ark, the presence of God was appointed in the temple. And I believe if we're looking at a spiritual purpose of what's taking place in our church right now, we don't have a worship leader, but God is restoring his presence. God is building and increasing his presence in this place. And I believe that the order God wants is presence first, then leadership. Presence first, and then you're going to get the excellence and the quality. And so we've been saying it all year. Don't come to church expecting a religious experience. Come, seek the presence of God. Worship Him, whether we drop chords or whether the preaching's average. It's not about that. It's about the presence of God. And that's the order that God wants to do it. So we could look at the natural and we can think we've got a problem. Or we can look at the spiritual and God's got a purpose. And that's seeing with the light on. Um, And that, that purpose could be an internal purpose for you. It could be character building. It could be, you know, that, that difficult person that, that you're rubbing shoulders with at work or somewhere in life. It could be to build patience or build compassion in your heart. So look at that spiritual purpose. Um, other areas, God could be teaching you generosity. Uh, could be teaching you honesty and integrity. You know, it could be teaching you how to pray and never give up if there's a delay or a roadblock in your life. You know, it could be teaching you these things. So, 
partner with God, partner with that spiritual purpose that's taking place, and the lights will come on. Um, just quickly, there's this other instance from Jesus' life. If you want to turn to Matthew 16, this one I find really funny. Eh? Um, it's uh, Simon Peter, and he has a bit of an exchange with Jesus, which is quite cool. Um, so Peter, also known as Simon, uh, Jesus basically asks his disciples, who do you say I am? Because, you know, this is what the world is saying I am, but who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. This is verse 16. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. So note that. My Father in heaven revealed it to you. And same chapter. Manu, you can put these scriptures if you haven't already. Yeah, cool. Same scripture, uh, same passage of uh, chapter. Uh, go to verse 21. Uh, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it would be necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, to be crucified, to be uh, killed, and he would rise from the dead. Verse 22, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rip. Imagine telling Jesus off. I mean, what, what is he thinking? began to reprimand Jesus for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. And look at Jesus. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. And look at this. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. All right, so we see this contrast, the same chapter. Peter seeing things from heaven's point of view, and Jesus says, good on you, you've got it right. And then Peter, a few verses later, seeing things from a human point of view, and Jesus said, you've got it wrong, man. You've got it wrong. And even Jesus, I think it's great that Jesus wanted to live his life seeing things from a, uh, from a spiritual point of view. That's the way he lived. We see that when he healed the blind man, and we see it here. And so he said, Peter, I want no part in that kind of language. Don't influence me with that voice. I don't want to see things myself from a human point of view. I want to see things from heaven's point of view. And so he says, seeing things from a human point of view, it's a trap. It's a trap to me. It's a distraction and, and it can influence how we act in our lives because we're seeing things from a human perspective. And so that's why he says, get away from me, Satan. You're a trap to me. Don't influence me uh, with that kind of thinking. So we need to live in that purpose and let that kind of thinking fuel our actions. And, of course, this is talking about uh, Jesus going to the cross, which, incidentally, the cross is, is probably the greatest example of a hidden spiritual purpose in a, something that's naturally quite disastrous. One uh, in the natural looked like a bad situation. Jesus going to the cross, being killed, being crucified, being dead and being buried, turned out to be the very will of God and the very gateway for all mankind's salvation. What kind of a greater good is, is that? And Jesus' approach to that dark situation, it was humility, surrender, obedience, silence, submission, and even acceptance, because he saw with the light. He saw, he didn't see the dark, he didn't see the confusion, the worry, the fear. He saw with the light, and he saw what God was up to something good, and he trusted his Father. We see this in Mark fourteen thirty six, where he says, he's praying, saying, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering from me. I think a natural point of view would stop our prayer there. 
Take this suffering away. Take this pain away. Take this situation away. Deliver me from this problem. That's a natural point of view. But he continues on. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. That's the spiritual point of view. God, I trust you. You're doing something good. I want to partner with that. And so that's Jesus' choice. And, um, and we see Jesus acting on that spiritual purpose rather than acting on the natural. So you see, it changes how we pray, changes our perspective, changes from God, save me, get me out of here, fix things, to God, what are you doing? How can I grow? What good can you bring? Can I partner with you in this? And you'll see uh, your spiritual growth and your outlook on the situation will drastically change when you shift that, that perspective um, I want to show us, uh, Manu, if you can just get it ready, I want to show us a quick video clip. This is from Greta Peters, who is uh, one of uh, our uh, Church Unlimited prophets, and they spoke earlier in January. And um, I kind of had this thought, and then I saw this, and I thought, this is perfect. And so um, let's just let, uh, it's, it's about eight minutes long, let's just let Greta kind of explain this herself. The light in the darkness... 2020s, the decade of the seeing eye. That's what I'm going to share on. You know, as we step into the 2020s, we're entering a most significant time in history. And never has it been so important to live in close intimacy with Jesus, to be continually praying and seeking God so we can hear clearly then act in dependency on the Spirit's leading and timing. You know, Jesus said, I only see what I do, what I see my Father doing. And he will say what he heard his Father say as well. Father intends us to understand the times we're living in and know what we should do like the sons of Issachar. And we will see what to do. And God spoke to me through some unusual encounters with roosters and owls. It all started actually at the, at the, the beginning of, of last year. David and I had a day off. And maybe one can learn from that. You know, God loves to speak all the time. So always just have your ears and eyes open. So we had got, gotten up really early, gone for a walk together. And then we drove to a, 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 a quiet reserve, put a blanket under a shady tree to read our Bibles. We thought, well, how lovely to read God's word in the open air. And... Soon after arriving, this rooster suddenly appeared from somewhere or other, and he came and sat right next to me where I was in the blanket, and he stayed there for a solid half an hour. In actual fact, he even tried to get onto the black blanket to almost get up against me, and I told him, no, I was scared he'd poop on the blanket. <laughs> but the, what I found so unusual was that this rooster was completely silent. And this, this very strange encounter, it just really had my little spiritual antenna up. And then three days later, I went for an early morning run up a long road. And after, um, what I've found is that, is that I've run up there a number of times before, but this particular morning, it was pitch dark, and then all the way up and all the way down, I was hearing this cacophony of roosters regularly crowing. 
And at the same time, I was hearing more porks on both sides of the road regularly hooting. And so I thought, Lord, what are you saying? Well, before I tell you what, what the owls and the, and the roosters um, are, are symbolizing, this event occurred another three times during that year, even though it was very different times of the year. But each time it was pitch dark, Remember the light and the darkness, and each time God confirmed what he was speaking. So I really sensed this, this was the Lord behind it. Now, more pork being a type of an owl, I feel one of the things God is saying, for the days ahead, wisdom will be most important. We all need to be as wise as owls. And ask Father for it. He encourages us to ask in James 1 verse 5. Owls also have an incredible ability to see in the darkness. They also have a highly developed sense of hearing. They can rotate their necks 270 degrees so that they can see 360 degrees. In other words, they miss absolutely nothing. 2020 is the decade of the seeing eye. God intends us to see with the clarity of 2020 vision. He's awakening ears to hear his voice and listen with increased sharpness. That's Isaiah 50 verse 4. You know, our, our Father knows what we need, and especially for these times, the Lord is releasing greater revelatory anointing to those who seek him. Ask Father for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. 1.17 in Ephesians. A scripture the Holy Spirit really highlighted was Daniel 2.22. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. God loves to reveal because he's, he, um, he, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of revelation. And he wants to give us treasures hidden in darkness as well, by the way. God is imparting great discernment to believers to see what is truth and from deception, what is good from evil. As spiritual hours, we will see in the darkness. We will hear accurately. We will discern what God is purposing, and we will see what the enemy is scheming so we can thwart him. Eyes to see and ears to hear are a gift from the Lord. And Jesus is the light in the darkness. And he said this recently to me, and it's it, it verifies scriptures in, in John 8 verse 12. I am the light. We walk together as you, and you always, when you walk with me, you always walk in the light of my presence. You will never walk in darkness, even though darkness is all around you in the world. And then he spoke to me about keys to overcome the darkness he said, gratitude and thanksgiving defeats the darkness of the enemy. Praise and worship pushes back the darkness because it releases the light of my presence. Darkness cannot stand against it but must retreat. So what was God speaking about roosters that I was hearing crowing so loudly um, as the Maupo chorus? I heard these words every time I ran, and God spoke them when that, that silent rooster came to the blanket. Roosters herald the dawn of a new day. Now, here's a fact about roosters. 
The crow of the rooster is because of an internal clock, not because of the light. It is not because of what he can see with his natural eyes. Researchers have found that um, a rooster will still crow at the same time, even if kept in a permanently darkened place. The point is we must stay in tune with our internal clock, the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The kingdom of God is within you. And you know, like that first rooster on the blanket, some of you have been silent. And God is saying, be like roosters. Herald the dawn of a new day. Herald it in the darkness of the world around you. The darkness of hopelessness and oppression, confusion and deception. Because we have something fantastic to crow about. And this is part of our mandate. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim, i.e. herald, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, i.e. herald, freedom and release from darkness to the prisoners to, and recovery of sight for the blind. 2020 is the decade of the seeing eye. The blind will see their eyes will open. Many lost people will see Jesus, the light in the darkness, and be born again. And in Acts 26, Jesus is saying this to us, what he said to Paul. I'm sending you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. We're in Isaiah 60 days. And in the darkness of the 2020s, this is the encouraging thing. The light of the Lord's glory will shine ever brighter on you so that we may advance the kingdom of light in the earth. Oh, you the light don't have to in play the darkness. <laughs> Once is enough. Um, man, I love that thought about the roosters. They, they don't see the light coming and agree with it with their voice. They feel that there is a light. You know, they have this internal clock. And that's like us, you know. We don't need to see good before we start declaring good in our prayer. We don't need to see good before we start verbalizing that good things are taking place, that God is doing good things. And so let that shift take place in your heart, you know. Sense God, yeah, you're doing good. And begin to herald that. Begin to declare. It's a new day for me. You know, it's a new day for my relationships. It's a new day for my finances. It's a new day for my work, for my kids. It's a new day because I can see that God is doing something good. God is doing something good. And that might take years, might take days. But God is doing something good because He is always good. And we can see the light of His goodness in the midst of dark situations and in the middle of a dark world because we've got the light, because we've got Christ in us. Why don't you stand? I want us to sing, and we're going to be like roosters. Okay, we're going to herald the new day. We're going to declare that we're going to see victories. But I want you to picture what you're going through. What are you going through that you need to see a victory? What are you going through that's dark? that you need to see the light declared. That's a new day for that situation. What do you need to see? You know, as a church, as a church, we're going through all sorts of crazy chaos. Injuries, job stuff, people in hospital. And it's almost like there's this chaos of darkness. But what the enemy intends for evil, God is doing a good thing. 
God is building a strength into this church. He's building a, a, a crying out to Him for more of Him because of all this, these things that are going on. And so instead of looking at, oh my goodness, there's chaos, there's destruction, there's injuries, there's problems, we've got to say, no, God, you're doing a good thing. And we're going to see a victory. And we're going to come through this more than conquerors. And he's going to make a way. And he's going to keep his promises. He's the light in the darkness. And so let's sing and declare for your situation that victory that God's doing. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I lift your hands and give it to him. Sing it to yourself. Preach to yourself this morning. Change your faith. Get it into your spirit. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. The battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil. You turn it for good. Turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Turn it for good. Turn it for good. And you take what the situation turn around for evil. Turn it for good. Turn it for good. Take what the enemy meant for evil. Turn it for good. Turn it for good. Cause I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Feeling I get is this the battle belongs to the Lord. He's fighting on your behalf. He's doing the good anyway. Rest in him. Get close to him. Get alongside him. You don't need to fight necessarily any different. You need to draw near to him and let that light come into that dark place he's fighting for you he's fighting for you he's bringing good begin to receive it begin to declare it you don't need to make the good happen but you do need to seek God and you do need to get the lights on you need to come alongside him get a promise from him get a moment in his presence where his peace just changes the whole outlook on everything. Worship Him. Lay it before Him in prayer. Surrender it to Him. Invite Him into the battle. You can't win the battle your own. The battle is the Lord's. 
and He will fight for you if you bring Him in. Tag Him out. Tag out of the battle you've been fighting for so long. Say, God, I'm done. I can't win this wrestle. But you've got Jesus in the corner that's going to bring the victory. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We see past every opposition. We see past every lack. We see past every struggle. And we look to see what God is building. We look to see the glorious future that you have not only for the church, but for our individual lives, God, because you're good. And we bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. Just with your eyes closed. And if there's anyone here today that you don't know the Lord and you've been fighting battles all your life, but you need Him in your corner. You need Him to fight for you. You may have once known God and you've walked away from Him. It's time to tag Him in. It's time to get right with God. It's time to pursue Him and friendship with Him like never before. It's time to make your peace with God. If you don't know the Lord and if you want to, it's not a religion. It's a relationship with a person who loves you. He died for you so that your sin is not counted against your name and you can have eternity in heaven forever. And He invites you into friendship today. So whether you just want to get your life back on track or whether you want to accept Him into your life for the first time, with everyone's eyes closed, why don't you just raise your hand and wave at me and we can have a chat afterwards. That's you. Don't be shy. Don't put off what you know you need to do to see a victory in your life, to see light come into your dark situations. If that is you, why don't you just come and see me after the service? I'd love to just have a chat with you about that, but why don't you just put out your hands? Father, we give you our struggle, our pain, our hurt. We give you our battles. We say, Father, would you breathe on them? Would you fight them? Would you turn them for good, Lord? God, there may not be a breakthrough today, but God, let us at least see with the light on. God, take away the fear. Take away the darkness. Take away the confusion. Take away the the discouragement, the depression. Help us to see clearly, Lord God, and give us hope. And give us a, a walk with you, a partnership with you, where we don't journey it on our own, but we walk with you through it. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Bless them, Lord God, with victories. God, as we've been hearing testimonies from people meeting with you, encountering you, God, let us just hear so many more testimonies of breakthroughs and miracles take place in our church, Father. Lord, we can celebrate you together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. We'll take that into your week. God is doing something good in your life.